1: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
2: Everybody just wants to talk about AEW tickets. Now, deep down in my tootsie toes, I don't think people really do care about this. Tribalism is out of control. So for those crazies who keep messaging me, yes, I would like AEW to sell more tickets. Two, no, it doesn't really make me mad if they don't sell tickets. And three, I just want wrestling as a whole to do really well. That's it. That's as far as that conversation needs to go. And if you are getting your knickers in a twist, you should probably get a real problem. Let's up those doubts. This week's AEW Dynamite 2 started off with the most surreal match, even though it's not that surreal because they are former WWE guys but it was John Moxley taking on Jeff Hardy. Now, we were actually building loads here too because the guys from CMLL were in the crowd and them and Jonathan didn't really get on with each other. In fact, at one point, Mox just like, ha, ha, and he flipped him off. I was like, Moxley, I don't think you should be doing that. I do have to say as well, I don't know what's happened recently, but Jeff Hardy feels like a man renewed. There's just something deep down in his tum-tum. Although, eventually, he jumped off the steel steps. Simmer the steel steps, please excuse me. And Mock just went, nope. And he punched him right in the face. This thing got really crazy because they fought over to Alan the announce table. Where I think Jonathan Restler remembered all that crazy stuff from WWE. So he grabbed Excalibur's pen and he pushed it through Jeff Hardy's big lobe hole thing in his ear. As always, I'm watching this just squirming. I'm like, why would anybody do this? And also... How does it help you win a match? you just pinned him. And Jeff Hardy was like, oh, my ear. I'm in so much pain with my ear. Somebody should do that. Now, in the second half of the match, Hardy started to do very well because he hit the twist of fate. Only problem was, he couldn't really hit much of anything else, even though he was getting a bunch of one-two oos he hit another twist of fate. He went for the swan tongue. He totally missed, which when Mox was like, man, I'm bored. I want to go, I don't know, watch clips on YouTube that feature blood or something like that. And he applied the bulldog choke. Jeff Hardy went to sleep. Now, once again, everyone is going, oh, man, why do we keep doing the go-to-sleep gimmick with submissions, but also the hand dropping for three? I'll tell you why. Because wrestling is wonderfully ludicrous, and you can do it all. Interestingly, too, Hardy refused to shake Moxie's hand afterwards, so this is another instance where it feels like Jeffrey is about to go heel, and because I think Moxie was mad... This is when he got into a big fight with the cmll guys but because there was a bunch of them and only one of him he got beaten up especially because as we were told the blackpool combat club isn't here this evening so instead out came daddy magic cool hand christopher daniels and matt sidell to chase them away and yeah come rampage and collision it sounds like we're getting loads of mexican action and that could be pretty damn good especially because the rumor is Blackpool Combat Club are also going to go to CMLL. So while this is totally crazy, I like that forbidden door. Some high-powered executives like to take the mick out of it. Also, no one has ever opened a door like this, but it works for this board, idiot. Uh, but they moved into our first Dealers Choice Match too. and given that Swerve Strickland had chosen Toa Leona, he was taken on Hangman Adam Page. Now as the commentators kept telling us, which I did enjoy, Toa Leona may have lost matches in AEW, but he's never been pinned. So in many ways, this was his coming out party when it came to a singles contest. My word, he was kind of amazing. Now, a huge reason for this is because Paige must have decided, well, look, I'm going to win the match. So why don't you just whip my ass for around about 15 minutes? So that's what he did. Like, if you called up a newspaper and said, I've just seen a massacre, and then you sent this tape as evidence, they'd run it. What are we talking about? My favorite thing, too, is that even though Leona was being a big power guy, he got in control here by boop poking hangman right in the eye and at one point he just threw him over the ropes right into the floor i was like well that's it adam is dead when you say those two moves it really is like a love hate relationship one day just poking somebody in the eye and then you're trying to crush them then we've got a much better idea what this was about because toa gave him this pounce that is a wonderful, wonderful move. Even when the cowboy was able to hit the Deadeye, Toa Leona basically no-sold this. And it all came down to the fact that he wanted to hit a Samoan drop, which is fine, because I'm pretty sure he is Samoan. Now, he went for that after Hangman had missed the Buckshot Lariat, so nothing was going right, which is when Adam hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment surprise roll up or the surprise crucifix and he got the one two three even he was like oh my word thank goodness for that i need a good ranking now that sounded terrible out of context but honestly if the idea here was to make sure adam got the win which he did do but also ensure we all start stroking our beards going oh this is totally owner he's pretty good I would say job done. Now, the only issue is this entirety of Dynamite kind of lacked jeopardy when it did come to the wins and losses. So I'm just going to address that here, mostly because audience retention on YouTube, you know the deal. So the match is getting it up, but for Dynamite overall, and when you kind of bring collision into it too, I just think we need a few more matches where you're like, I don't know who's going to win because that's sports entertainment secret sauce. So that parts are down. Matthew and Nicholas Jackson then continued their wonderful new gimmick because a stagehand called them Matt and Nick. And they were like, that's not our names. And now you're getting fined. Deal with it. Matthew also pretended that he was a nice guy and then was like, oh yeah, you've got to sort this out by the end of the day so you can see what they're doing here. And given that the rankings have just come back in, I really hope these two go. We're still going to fight for the tag team titles because we are EVPs, numbers be damned. Just think the young bucks are so damn good at this stuff They're very good at insider baseball and i look forward to seeing how this goes when we got to wardlow versus commander now, the very first thing we have to do is rename wardlow to mr wardlow because the ring announcer meant to call him mr mayhem but called him mr wardlow now while this did make me laugh out loud we all make mistakes i would definitely do something like that but there is something to calling a giant man mr wardlow I genuinely think AEW should consider this. It may actually work. It's also tied into the Roderick Strong Undisputed Kingdom thing, because last week, Roddy had gone. Listen, Commander with a K, even though it should be a C. You need to get on board with us. And he didn't. And Commander tried to beat Strong. And even though he lost, apparently now he had to be pounded into the floor. Hence why we got Mr. Wardlow. Now, it was far more competitive than you think. But there's only two things we need to talk about. One was this phoenix splash by commander where he just crushed wardlow's face at one point i thought he was going to choke because his throat had seized up it's the most terrifying thing i've ever seen in my life and talking about scary stuff when mr wardlow also tried to do the powerbomb man i tell you his knee gave out and even though he has gone on social media and says he's fine I'm a little bit worried he's just being a positive pete and didn't look good at all now he did lead to the finish when of course undisputed kingdom were going to beat him up and out came orange cassidy and the best friends because there is a feud there but look i understand it's not actually aew's fault because they lost everybody to injury which is why they can't lose wardlow too but the undisputed kingdom at the moment Well, it just needs something a little bit extra. So you go, oh, my gosh, they're threatening. You also just kind of think if Wardlow is going to keep destroying people and we have a ranking system that he should be the number one contender. Now, thankfully, he does keep talking about the world title. But by this juncture, he should already be there. So I think not all of this came together in the way that maybe it should have done. Or maybe it was just me. As I always tell you, there is so much wrestling in a year. and Sometimes your brain can just be overfilled with this stuff and it passes you by. This is one of those moments for me. But again, I love everybody involved with this match. They're more talented than I shall ever be. Still it down. When we just had the best sit-down with Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Darby Allin and Sting. Now, Ricky's big problem with the Stinger is twofold, one-fold really. And that's because Sting has been on this journey in AEW. And who did he pin in his first ever match? It was me. Well, it was him, Ricky Starks. Sami so kind of got upset with this because he's like, you're not respecting Sting, man. He's not a stepping stone. When Starks was like, well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Not only are me and my large friend going to retain our tag team titles, but we are going to whoop your ass so bad the icon ain't even going to make it to retirement day. Now, Sting tried to chirp in here and was all like, listen, Ricky, I think you're actually quite good. You are a star in the making, but I don't appreciate your goober attitude right now. And Alan was just sick of these fools, even though Big Bill was mostly like, look, me. I'm so, so huge, I could crush you all. It kind of felt like Rick and Darby were going to go at it when Sting, being the dad that he is, calmed everything down. But seriously, as a way to build to their tag team title match next week, this was so damn good and it got me super invested and it actually is going to address a claim we just talked about. When you go through next week's Dynamite, every match you're like, I don't know which way it's going to go. So this is getting it up. All four of these guys, man, they went out there, totally smashed it.
4: Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. When the Chris Jericho, Don
2: Callis family feud continued, I don't really know where it's going. Now Jericho was taking on Carl Fletcher here, and man, I thought this was great, especially because ever since 2024 began, Carl has just gone, well, good day, mate. I'm a really good wrestler, and I'm going to show you all, and my word he is. Of course, Don Callis and Powerhouse Hobbs were just casting distraction all of the time, but Jericho's best friend Kenny Omega isn't around at the moment, and I hope he is doing okay, so it looked like he was totally screwed. It also led to this crazy brain buster on Tina the Turnbuckle, although when I use the word crazy, it's because I don't think they executed it like intended. They kind of just both fell to the floor. You could actually see it in the crowd. They are watching this like two plus two equals potato. Jericho was also able to apply the walls, but Fletcher got to the ropes, although then he decided, ha-ha, watch my flippy-dippy-dip-dop moves. And he went to do a dive. And Jericho just went surprising <laughs> And he Judas affected him right in the face. Fair play, that looked pretty good. He then got rid of Hobbs as he was able to hit an even bigger jumping Judas effect to get the one 2 three. So honestly, this was a surprise, I suppose, in many ways. And I thought it was really good, so I am going to give it an up. But given that Takeshita walked out afterwards and basically went, Hey, Jericho, geese me a match. Like I say, I think Takeshita has to win that. But will he... I guess it goes back to that direction argument again. I don't really know where we're going with Jarek and the Don Callis family. Feels like it's been going on a little bit long and maybe we should pivot. So I am going to give that a down. But again, maybe I just woke up on the wrong side of bed. We then got this really good video with Donna Parazzo talking about her tattoo or the matching tattoos that her and Tony Storm have. So there you go people on the internet that needed a biography about this you got it diana was like man when we first did it it was just a bit of fun but now it means something to me so timeless one maybe you need to figure out what it means to you shots fired kind of <laughs> this is when the bang bang scissor gang walked to the ring and they said some things where they went see ya and they left again now, i don't want to talk about the fact that jay white and the guns entrance is so damn good and could be one of the best in all of wrestling right now and a large part of this was them arguing about cardboard cutouts. Because the acclaim were all like, oh man, we need card blade. And Bullet Club Global was like, no, we're done with card blade and now we've got the juice board. And I was laughing at this. But I was like, could you imagine if it's the first time you've watched wrestling? You're like, what is happening? It's mostly a way just to show you that we are friends now. And we did the whole tease of we got two words for you. Guns up. Don't forget, we do have the dynamic of Billy Gunn reuniting with his sons. But this is another one. I just need to know where it's going because they've been together a couple of weeks, and I don't know. With that said, though, I do think they have amazing chemistry, and I totally have believed or bought into this idea to merge both sets of six-man titles, and that's important. You don't need two of these in one company, because Ring of Honor is essentially AEW. This was fine. It was kind of just there, but at least they are being featured on TV. I give it an up. It's kind of like a 6 out of 10 up. Once again, that's just nonsense. When we did indeed get to Dionna Pratso versus Tire Valkyrie in order to give Dion another win so she can continue her journey to the AEW women's title, I just have to be honest with you, Timeless Tony Storm was on commentary. She totally stole the show. Because one, she didn't understand why Excalibur was hiding under a mask, because he's clearly Sean Mooney. She also talked about Wendy Richter and made a comment about beads. Now, this is a family show, so I'm just going to leave it there. But I'll tell you this, they weren't for her neck. Diorna had a real problem as well, because even though she was kind of beating up tired to begin with, Johnny TV was on the outside, and he basically cast a distraction by shouting things. So when Valkyrie absolutely destroyed Parezzo outside the ring, she went up to John, the love of her life, and they just started making out. I don't really know how that's going to help you win a wrestling match. Tyra also went cry Kid here because she leg-swept Perazzo into the side of the ring. So it was kind of the ring apron, but kind of not. When Perazzo was like, damn it, I'm going to apply the Venus to Milo. But she wasn't able to do it. And these two started training submissions. So I was like, damn it, one of you better tap out. Valkyrie totally disagreed because she just took Diana's head off with this big old line. That's when Perazzo remembered, oh yeah. I know a crazy submission, and it was kind of a Venus to Milo, but she took both of her arms, and they were in the most uncomfortable position ever. Even I was giving up, and I was just sitting there like an absolute idiot. One, two, three. Not one, two, three. It was a submission. Tony Storm kind of watched all of this too. Like, uh, no, I do think I am going to fight you. And I really like this feud. And it really does feel like we're cooking a little bit with the women's division at the moment. Also, make sure you keep Tyre and Johnny on Dynamite or Collision or whatever. They are so over the top. <laughs> they make me laugh too. I'm giving it a up. Rene Paquette was then talking to Darby Allin about everything that had happened earlier and how much he loves his dad, Sting. When walked the Young Bucks... And they tried to emotionally manipulate him. Because they were all like, oh my gosh, Darby, you sum up everything that AEW was back in the early days. But now look at you, getting screwed over by a 65-year-old (laughs) man. I went, (laughs) Sting's not 65. I was like, no, he actually is. Now, Alan is a smart tamale, so he wasn't going to fall for any of this. He said, listen to me, Matthew and Nicholas, you better get out of here. And the Jacksons did do this, but they were all, huh, we'll have to approach this in a different way. Now do not forget, we are going to do the tag team title match at AEW Revolution. So what the hell do they have planned? They actually have no idea. Maybe they'll grow even more crazier facial hair. When we got to our second dealer's choice match of the evening, and as heavily teased, it was Swerve Strickland versus RVD. And Rob Van Dam was the most over person on this episode of Dynamite. And we also had one final Swerve, excuse me, because Hangman appeared and he was like, ha ha ha, you should have read the contract, you absolute moron, because I also get to choose a stipulation. So this is going to be a hardcore match. Tick that box. Given that RVD is in his 50s too. He looks so damn good. And as soon as he did hear this, he had a wonderful plan. He was like, well, I'm going to take a lot of chairs. I'm just going to throw them in Strickland's face. And he was doing his entire repertoire of moves. I want to know what he's smoking. Well, we already know. Eventually, Strickland's friends got really worried. So Brian Cage ran down. And he just pushed Rob Van Dam off Tina the turnbuckle. But this is when Hook came out. And he blasted Brian Cage with a chair. As I told you last week, I just like this feud, and I don't even know why. I think it's just kind of justified, because Cage was like, I'm a bit sick of everybody talking about Hook. I was like, I can understand that. He has wonderful, wonderful hair. It still helped swerve, because he was going to go for the stomp, when once again, Van Dam just chucked a chair at his head, and this time he toppled from up there, through a table, and these fans went crazy. It meant that you thought that RVD was going to win with a five-star frog splash. But Swerve got out the way. And once again, middle-aged RVD went crashing into a chair. Somebody give
4: him a medal. It also
2: meant he got hit with a house call once again onto a chair, which was the theme of this match. As Swerve Strickland went to the top, he mimicked RVD's pose, he hit the stomp, and he got the one, two, three. But once again, this was a great match. It far exceeded my expectations. What an absolute laugh, right? We uh, also got a massive wink, wink, nudge, nudge the next week too, because hangman adam Page came out as like, oh, well done, Swerve Strickland. I've looked at the rankings and I do believe we are even. So you know what? Next week, let's do a number one contender match. Swerve was all like, well, I've already beaten you twice, so of course I'll do this, but now if I do win a third time, you have to go away forever. So I'm sorry. In terms of TV main events that AEW could do that is absolutely massive now a small part of me this part right here thinks that aew may even do some kind of a draw or some kind of shenanigan finish so we do go to the three-way but in terms of my anticipation that was the real brilliance of this episode of dynamite got me excited for an episode in seven days time but again without wanting to repeat myself we do have loads of these in a year sometimes that's just what you've got to do so when we got to the end of it i was pumped i was sighted. i was ready that means it's getting it up. Now, please do click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs on Monday Night Raw. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Leave a comment below and let me know how wrong I am. It's good to remind myself of these things so I try harder and harder still. But otherwise, enjoy the world of wrestling. Go watch all the ups and downs. See you soon.
3: Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect.